Welcome to Coast to Ghost. I'm Carly. And I'm B. and we're two friends that met each other a really long time ago at Build-A-Bear, and now we tell spooky stories to keep each other entertained. Oh yeah. So, so you got a question this week? You know I have a question this week. <laughs> it's actually a two-parter. So, okay. the first part is, do you think psychics are real? And the second part is, would you go to one? Ah, uh, yes, I think they're real. Um, okay, I'll tell a little backstory. I hope I can tell this. Uh, so my mom went to one way before I was born. So the psychic told her she was going to marry someone who's a Scorpio. And the guy at the time that she was dating was not a Scorpio. But my dad, who my mom is married to, is a Scorpio. Huh. She, I believe she also said, I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure my mom said that the psychic told her that she was going to have two daughters. And my mom does, in fact, have myself and my sister. That's insane. That's mm-hmm. so cool. So, yes, I believe in them. Uh, I know that sometimes I hear stories and it's like some people's encounters with them is just like very much like basic information and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I am a little skeptical, but I would totally go to one. Yeah, I don't think there's any harm in going to one. I think it'd right. be kind of fun, actually. Yeah, I would love to go to one. And I've I've gone to, like, the Renaissance Fair in North Carolina, and there's, like, a psychic there, but they're, like, I don't think I, like, I've, I was very close to, go, like, going to one there, but I was, like, nah, because it was a lot of money there, but I'd rather spend that money and go, like, somewhere else to one. Yeah, or, like, get a giant turkey leg at the Renaissance Fair, because that sounds also amazing. I don't eat turkey, but... Uh, what if, uh, like, a giant corn on a cob? <laughs> oh, Yeah. See, that's the one. I they knew it. They had good margaritas there. They had good margaritas. I went to a Renaissance Fair when I was like six, and there was a camel there, and that's all I remember. Oh, yeah, interesting. It was pretty fun. I I was never like opposed to psychics. I do think that um, there are a lot of people out there who have like certain intuition into things i don't want to necessarily say that they're psychics but like empaths for example like that is a trait that you're born with and you know you just feel emotions stronger than other people yes and i think that that's that's really cool i actually had um like i've never actually been to a psychic but i had a moment where i moved into a townhouse in south carolina and uh, I had a friend from high school at the time, and they were they went to the top of my stairs, and they started like sobbing, and I was like, "Dude, what what is happening?" Because this person was not known for being emotional in the slightest. Uh, so I texted another friend who had told me that they had like some sort of intuition going on. Again, I wasn't like completely convinced or anything. I was just kind of like, you know what, this person's also been huh. to my house. Let me see. Yeah. So I texted this other person and I was like, hey, did you feel weird when you were in my new house? And they were like, yeah, but only by the stairs. And these two people had no contact with each other at all. So I think that like people are definitely in tune to different parts of the universe a little bit more. And if you can, I don't want to say capitalize on it, but if you can help other people with that, go for it, dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All the power to you. All the power to you. I want to go to a psychic now. There's shockingly none it. in Wyoming, so. I'm sure there's got to be some down here in 
in Florida and Pernambuco. Oh, there's definitely some there. <laughs> Tour- like. A nice tourist trap. <laughs> so, what kind of story do you have this week? So, um, speaking of like psychics and everything like that, mm. I, I promise I didn't actually mean to do this, um, but my story today actually ta- uh, takes place in New Orleans. Um, ah. My parents just got back from there. Oh, did they have fun? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They that went on. Um, amazing. Yeah, they had fun. They were there for a couple of days. Um, and I'm going in a couple months, actually. Dude, so you, some of the places I'm going to talk about, you're probably going to come across. Ooh. Yeah, so I get the whole episode today like a motherfucker. I cannot wait. (laughs) New Orleans has always been a city shrouded in magic and mystery. It's a classic southern gothic reason dripping with Spanish moss, above-ground graves marked in red chalk, and jazz music floating through alleyways. There is a certain charm to the area that draws people from all around the world, but with that comes the unsavory. From 1918 to 1919, a serial killer dubbed the Axeman roamed the streets and claimed a total of six victims, all while taunting the police in public letters. Hmm. Have you ever heard of the Axeman? I believe so. Hell yeah. I I was like, this is one of the more widely known cases that I've covered. So I'm going to go through all the victims. There are actually a lot more than six. Um, there were six that were killed, but there are a okay. lot more injuries and like people that were affected. So the first victims of the serial killer were Joseph Maggio, an Italian grocer, and his wife, Catherine. The night of May 23rd, 1918 was a calm one. The couple had fallen asleep when the Axeman slipped through the window of their home and used a straight razor to slit both of their throats. He -hmm. then took an axe to their skull in an attempt to hide the real cause of death. Interesting. Gross. Gross. Actually (laughs) disgusting. That's honestly like one of the most brutal ways to kill people. Like the most bloody ways to kill people. So I don't know if that says anything about this dude's character. Probably does. It it says a lot. Yeah. I'm not a profiler though. Because like most people I feel like obviously there's some people who can stand blood more than others but I think it 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 takes like some like what am I trying to say? Obviously doctors can stand seeing a lot of blood but intentionally like hurting somebody to produce a gruesome scene like that is like someone totally different it also to me seems like insane overkill like yeah. you slit their throat yeah. and then you took an axe and then went at them like there's some anger right. behind that yeah so Catherine died nearly instantly while joseph actually survived until his brothers jake and andrew found him he did pass away moments after their discovery the killer had changed out of his clothes and into clean ones before abandoning the scene and while law enforcement didn't do a full search of the property a neighbor found a bloody razor blade in their lawn it was a blade owned by andrew maggio the victim's brother it like says was it andrew or like at the time or like is that just did his brothers live with him? Did his brother... So, um, he actually was in a split-level apartment. So, half of the apartment uh, belonged to Andrew, and the other one belonged to Joseph. So, he... So, it's like, potentially just taken from the, that place. Yeah, exactly. The, the apartment. Mm-hmm. And Andrew actually owned a barber shop and lived in the apartment right next to Joseph's. Uh, he had taken the blade in order to get a nick repaired a mere two days before the attacks. This set Andrew in the sights of law enforcement, but he was quickly ruled out and 
was taken back home because he was in such a distressed state. Oh. Yeah. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. So the next attack occurred on June 27th, 1918 on La Harp Street, which I probably butchered that. <laughs> so Louis Bessemer was spending the early morning hours with his mistress, Harriet Lowe, in an apartment Ooh, above spicy. his own grocery store. Yeah. So again, we have another grocery store owner. You're right. Um, cheating on his a wife. a little spicier. Yeah. <laughs> so... Louis was struck right above his temple with a hatchet, fracturing his skull, and Harriet was hit over her left ear and lost consciousness instantly. John Zanka was making his early morning delivery when he discovered the couple and made a call to law enforcement. It was found that the axe used in the attack belonged to Louis and was stashed away in the bathroom. Louis did survive, stating that he was sleeping during the initial incident, leading police to a potential suspect. Louis, and I'm going to butcher this it's lewis obacon i believe albacon one of those so he actually worked for louis and was fired a week prior due to giving conflicting statements of his whereabouts that morning hmm. but was later released due to lack of physical evidence harriet who initially survived the attack stated that louis was actually a german spy which led to his arrest but he too was released and the offices officers on the case were demoted for terrible police work <laughs> So, okay. Did she, like, get a good look at? So, not really. From what I saw, um, it all happened pretty quickly. And um, she was... essentially asleep, right? They they definitely weren't asleep, but Louis said he was asleep and just, like, up there by himself, even though both of them were attacked because he was trying to to cover up his his infidelity. Yeah. Yeah, it was just totally fine. And, I mean, Harriet, I feel like this should be natural for anybody. You should seriously not take a statement right away. Like, I understand that you're trying to get information when it's fresh in someone's mind. But it also, like, she just got attacked by an, yeah, an like, axe murderer. Like, like, yeah, let her breathe. Yeah, of course. So... Louis actually was once again arrested when Harriet pressed forward and claimed that he was the one who attacked her and then turned the axe on himself. She passed away after a failed surgery and Louis spent nine months in prison before being acquitted of the crime. I don't believe that. What do you mean? (laughs) That he attacked? And then turned around and hit himself with... Yeah, he That's was difficult. Is that not? It like, is. It is. And I think uh, the police were just so notoriously bad in this case. And, you know, there's some good police work. And then there's this, which is whatever this is. It's yeah. not even police work. Yeah. No, it's not. It's basically like the city's scared now and we need to find answers for right. why the and city's let's scared. Just pick up every little person that could somehow be somewhat related to this exactly and this this happens a lot actually is false identification um Mm -hmm. based on trauma so i think that's why they released him nine months later he actually could not be recharged with the crime uh because that would be double jeopardy so he he lived out the rest of his life do you think he he did it no i don't i um no he was he was hit pretty hard and I mean, if it was just that isolated incident, maybe, but it wasn't. And it's like, I know, like, you can harm yourself kind of thing, but, like, that's, like, really intense. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. If you, like, beat yourself with your own axe, which I think is another reason why a lot of these people were were pulled in by police is because it was their own weapons. Um, but it, it seemed to be something that was of pattern for this guy, and they just didn't realize it yet. Um, okay. So, yeah, I don't think he did it was at all. Was the first couple... Um, so I know the the knife or blade whatever was the brothers mm-hmm. but the was the axe belonging to them as well i actually i don't know what came of that axe because it was never mentioned in any of the police reports um they also did not survey like they should have because a okay. neighbor was the one who found the the blade from the first one and right. they were like we have our clear murder weapon so i i honestly don't know if they ever found that axe again hmm. um if it was burned i have no clue Okay. Yeah. So the next attack occurred on August 5th of 1918. The sun had barely set when 28-year-old Anna Schneider woke abruptly to a man standing at the base of her bed. She was beaten viciously. Her scalp was cut open, face drenched in blood. Anna's husband found her just after midnight, and they rushed her to the hospital. Two days after the attack, Anna gave birth to a healthy baby girl and remembered nothing of the incident. <sighs> but so, so she survived? She did, yeah. So she survived, and so did the baby. Um, actually, that's yes. is, yeah. She did. Like, going back, we're not profilers, but like none of these people seem to have anything. Like none of the victims seem to have much in common. So the only thing that I could see mainly that was in common um, was them being of Italian descent. Uh, the Schneiders oh. were not, but the right, first right. the first two were. The first so, two were. And yeah. were grocers, the first two. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, but the, that made sense to me. But then the, this Anna, like, I don't seem to see a, like a pattern with her. Yeah, I don't know if Schneider is, is a classic Italian surname, but it doesn't sound like it to me. I don't think so. It sounds very, like, Midwestern. I don't know why, but it does. So it was concluded that she had been beaten with a nearby table lamp. The motive was stated as robbery due to $7 taken from Ed's wallet. A previous seven. offender by the names uh by, yeah, just $7. Seven. <laughs> seven. Which, I mean, again, weird because nothing was taken from the first two scenes. And it's $7. Exactly. I want to know why Ed's wallet wasn't on him. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. Because he only had $7 in it. What is he going to do with $7? <laughs> he needs his ID. Yeah. <laughs> do you not keep your wallet with you at all times? Uh, sometimes I forget it. Sometimes oh, fair, I fair. like leave it in my car when I'm going places. Yeah, that's I fair. don't know. I probably have it on me 90% of the time. Yeah. I could see that, unless he was doing something else, but I don't know. Um, They actually found a previous offender by the name of James Gleason. He was arrested nearby right after Anna was found, but was also released due to lack of evidence. This is when law enforcement started to think that this attack may be related to what happened to Maggio and Louie. Probably. Yeah. Did they it's, live anywhere like close to? You know, they other? were they were kind of in the same precinct area. I know okay. that there are different like quarters in New Orleans, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they were kind of in this in the same area, but okay, you know, it was nineteen nineteen, so a lot of people right. were in the true. same area. But I don't know if that had anything to do with it either. There's so many questions with this case. 
So the next incident took place five days later on August 10th. Joseph Romano lived in a home with his two nieces, Pauline and Mary Bruno. They both awoke to a commotion and noticed that Joseph had been struck against the side of the head, creating two lacerations. The attacker had fled the scene, but both girls got a good look at the man, and they described him as dark-skinned and heavy-set. He was wearing a suit and a slouched hat. Hmm. Okay, yes. So another Italian family. Yes. Yeah. Another Italian family. And um, this was actually the first documented point where he left someone. Like he didn't even right. go for Touched the nieces. Yeah. yeah. So Joseph Rome- uh, Romero was able to walk to the ambulance that took him to the hospital, but tragically died from his injuries two days later. The house was ransacked, but not a thing was taken. A bloody axe was found in the backyard, earning the killer the notoriety as he was dubbed from then on as the Axe Man of New Orleans. bringing in the Axeman in Coven in American Horror Story. They did. Yeah, they did. He, I was kind of attracted to him. I don't want to say. <laughs> Interesting choice. It was like his energy, but like obviously not the real Axeman. Like, yeah, okay. I don't David know. Cooper. Listen, <laughs> I have my moments. At this point, John Dantinimo, which I totally butchered, a retired police detective speculated in the public eye that the killer had also slain multiple people in 1911. He presented the idea whoever was doing this had a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality, spreading more fear throughout the community as the Axeman could be anyone. Mm-hmm. So the but next... obviously... Oh, go for it. Sorry. Obviously, like, you can, like... I'm just trying to play detective over here because, like, it has to be somebody physically able. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it takes a lot to. I mean, it doesn't. The first one, like, the blade, like, it takes some physical attributes, mm -hmm. you know, but, like, or ability. But the whole axe, like, swinging an axe is. It's tough work. Yeah, and I mean, in a lot of these cases, especially with the Bruno case, he slipped in and out of windows. Um, So he has to be kind of agile. So I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a lot, lot going on. So on the night of March 10th, 1919, another incident occurred. Another Italian grocer by the name of Orlando Giordano. Wait. Yeah. Heard screams coming from across the street. He rushed in to the Cordemilio residence, only to find Charles, his wife Rosie, and his infant daughter Mary in a horrid state after an apparent attack. Rosie held a shaking hand to a wound on her forehead. In her arms was her deceased daughter. Charles laid in a puddle of his own blood on the floor. Giordano called the authorities, and both Rosie and Charles were rushed to the nearby hospital while the rest of the scene was processed. Aww. Yeah. So this, this one, is like the first time he went for a child. Yeah, yeah. First and only time um, okay. he went for a child. I wonder, I mean, like, in in my, like, research, I think it was because of the amount of noise um, okay. that the baby was making. Because I'm pretty sure the two nieces, the Bruno nieces, they, they were, were pretty quiet. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So he's probably trying to cover his tracks, even though he did not do a very good job of it. Like the incidents before, nothing was stolen from the home, but the back door had been destroyed and a bloody axe was located on the back porch. Charles was released from the hospital after two days of care and Rosie later awoke over the ordeal. Um, yeah. Yes. Claiming that it was Giordano and his teenage son who had conducted the crime. They were both arrested and charged before being released back into the public eye due to lack of evidence. So the guy who reported it, Rosie said that it was him and his son. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which, again, the whole trauma thing, I think, really affected her. She just, her baby was, like, murdered. The people she remembers seeing, probably. Yeah, it'd be super fuzzy, too. Like, I, now I can see why people are so hesitant to, like, report crimes sometimes. Because they're just like, you're like, what happened? (laughs) Exactly. I would probably black out if anything like that happened to me. Same. Yeah, I I wouldn't know. Sometimes, yeah, I'm driving to work and I don't even remember the drive. That's not fantastic. How do you, but do you, do you ever do that? Like, yeah. driving and you're like, oh, I don't remember driving that last trip. I actually just uh, took a trip to Colorado Springs like two weeks ago. And the stretch between Wyoming and Colorado was a nightmare, like a literal nightmare. I saw a semi flip in front of me. <gasps> and yeah, and I also went off the road on the same patch of black <gasps> ice. It was terrifying. Oh. I don't remember the rest of the drive. I drove four hours and I don't. <laughs> I do not recall because I think I, I like compartmentalized. Like I got there. I was fine. I did great. I remember getting there. Um, but I remember it's like driving a home. trauma experience that like your brain is like, ah, let's not remember that. Literally, like I had to ride rumble strips the entire time. It was just straight sheets of black ice. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to so die scary. here, actually. I didn't want to turn around because that would have been worse. Um, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, me too. I had a fun time. Colorado Springs was nice. Getting there, not so nice. (laughs) On August 10th of 1919, Steve Boca, also a grocer, was attacked while he slept in his bedroom. Dark figure loomed over the base of his bed, wielding an axe. In a panic, he rushed next door door to his neighbor, where he passed out due to the large gash on his head and later recovered from his injuries. So it's another attack on another Italian grocer. That's like, this is a lot of grocers. Listen, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> like a, a lot. It's so many. I don't understand. How many grocery? Do they all work at the same grocery store? No, like they all own their grocery stores. Like six grocery stores. Or yeah. Six, five, four. I don't know. Four or five, yeah. That's a lot. And if they're not grocery store owners, they're Italian-Americans. It's. I didn't realize there was like a prominent. Is there a pro- was there a prominent, like population of Italians? Down yeah, I think in nineteen nineteen probably since it was a port town. Um, Interesting. So I think it, it, it mainly like a lot of people, but I, you know, a lot of New Orleans speaks Italian. Fun. Oh, I thought isn't it more French? It is French. <laughs> it's French. It's not Italian. You're right. You're right. I didn't know they were two separate languages. What do you mean you didn't know? This has to stay in. What do you mean you didn't know Italian and French are two different languages? I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I don't know what you want from me. I always get them confused. It's like if you ask me to name the seven continents, nothing. Nothing in this head. 
Well, name them. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Um, there's North America and South America. <laughs> What's the one that Italy and France are in? Europe. What's the other big one? Africa. Okay, that's, yeah, that's something. Russia? Russia. No. Is Russia not a continent? No. It's fucking massive. How is it not a continent? It's split into two continents. Europe and... Russia. No, what am I? I... Canada? Asia. (laughs) Next on September 3rd, 19-year-old Sarah Lauman was found unconscious in bed with a severe head wound. The attacker had climbed through an open window, and while Sarah survived her injuries, she never regained memory of the night. I bet that's his, like, Baxman's tactic. Like, you hit them in the head, they're most likely not going to remember, you know? Well, like, the thing that's always confused me is it's such a brutal act, and he never follows through, which, I mean, clearly I'm glad he he doesn't. He doesn't. But, like, this man... Is that what he wants, though? It might It might be. Because is it, it like, be. maybe, like, a psycho tendency where he's, like, I want them to know that they were attacked... But yeah, he's hitting them where in a spot where it affects their memory. I could you know? I could see that, you know? especially so with like his actions that happen after this. Okay, let's hear them. So, and was considered the last documented victim of the axe man was Mike Pepitone and his wife, who were both attacked on October twenty seventh, nineteen nineteen. Mike was struck in the head with one quick slash before the killer fled the scene and did not pay any attention to Mike's wife interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah my other question is like is he buying axes in bulk no he takes them from uh from the The people that he yeah he takes them from the house and leaves them what a weird time that like everybody just had these axes laying around do you have an axe laying around to your house? I no, should. but I have a machete. Um, oh, we have one of those too, <laughs> right? I don't that's, know why it's for normal. Bigfoot. Yeah, it's for um, Bigfoot. Okay. It's for Bigfoot. <laughs> no, honestly, I could see it though because there wasn't conventional heating at the time. Um, oh, very true. We're in the it, early 1900s. Yeah, so they probably had like a wood pile and yeah, an sense. axe. Makes yeah. Sense. So the Axeman of New Orleans was described as a cocky man, much like the Zodiac Killer. The assailant penned a letter to the Times-Picune on March 13, 1919, a mere six months after the attack. And I am going to read the entire letter. Um, I just want to let you guys know, it makes me feel disgusted reading this because it is just gross. It's nasty and it's rude. Yeah. It's rude. (laughs) Well, he starts the letter off with esteemed mortal. So how do you think? <laughs> it's not funny, but like he literally addresses everybody in New Orleans with esteemed mortal. Like, it's what? Fucking... Yeah, the asshole. Exactly. So, I it's a it's a pretty long letter. We're just gonna get into it. Esteemed mortal, they have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether which surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a fell demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and you foolish police call the Axe Man. He spelled Axe Man weird too. Um, there is no E uh, huh. in everything, there is an E. <laughs> um, 
but not in his own penned letter. So clearly he's he's of another world. Illiterate. Yep. (laughs) When I see fit, I shall come again and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except perhaps my bloody axe be smeared with the blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. The God complex this man has is disgusting. It's ridiculous. And I mean... (sighs) He says, if you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a responsible spirit. I take no offense at the way in which they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid, so as to amuse not only me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, uh, Francis Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am. For it were better that they never were born than for them. Them to incur the wrath of the axe man. I don't think that there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure that your police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know who to keep away from, uh, know how to keep away from all harm. He's so he is he a devil worshiper? He, you know what? I think he thinks he is the devil, um, That's, or a demon. Yeah. 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 Um. So there's more. Don't worry. Oh, this is <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I think I would read this and I would have obviously the same reaction I'm having now, but it's like the audacity, first of all. Well, like reading it in the paper as it happens has to be so much scarier than like, I would not. I'd be like, okay, you know what? This dude's a fucking lunatic and he has killed before. So I'm just going to. You know. Come bullet up and throw this. But, like, even hearing it now, like, I know this was, like, uh, over a hundred years ago, but I'm like, oh, my God, like, is he out my window? Literally. Like, he's he's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. So, he continues to say, undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as the most horrible murderer, which I am, but oh. I could be worse. <laughs> kills me but i could be much worse if i wanted to if i wished to i could pay a visit to your city every night at will i could slay thousands of your best citizens for i am in close relationship with the angel of death oh yeah there's there's a lot more now we're gonna go into the demands of the axeman oh lord why do i feel like this is gonna be like those celebrities who are like i only want green m&ms Literally, it is kind of like that, but for the whole city of New Orleans. Love that. Yeah. So he said now to be exact at 1225 o'clock, earthly time in parentheses. Because, you know, earthly time. Not from here. (laughs) On next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to the people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether region that every person shall be spared in whose house a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned, uh, at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for the people. One thing is certain, and that is some of these, uh, some of those persons who do not jazz it on jazz it jazz it on tuesday night if there be any jazz it jazz hands Um, he said sorry i'm just reading more of this i couldn't even finish this when i first started writing it um one thing is certain and that is some of those persons who do not jazz it on tuesday night if there be any we'll get the axe 
he's he's wild he's a psychopath yeah he he has written a whole letter and he has i have one more paragraph to go it's equally as ridiculous don't worry well as i am cold and crave the warmth of my native tartarus <laughs> and as it is about time that i have left your homely earth i will cease my discourse hoping that thou will publish this that it may go well with thee i have been am and will be the worst spirit that has ever existed either in fact or the realm of fancy signed the axe man with an e Huh. Yeah. So he was very so inconsistent. Like, to me, because, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm the main character and I'm like, am I too cocky? But like hearing this, like, I'm not. No. Mm-mm. This man is fucked up. My eye just went blind. Sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. It's just goopy. Okay. Good. Uh, well, sometimes- not good, but like, at least you're not blind. Yeah, sometimes, like, the, like, holy the pussiness, shit. like, just... That literally makes me want to throw up every time you say the word puss. <laughs> Goopy. The goopiness, like, has, like, a, you know, it kind of, like, sh- you know. Yeah. It, like, go. obstructs your vision. Yeah. <laughs> so after the letter was sent and published, the attack ceased and the perpetrator was never caught, and the motive for the killings has been hypothesized over the years. It's clear that most of the victims were Italian immigrants, but many thought that the crimes were sexually motivated, as most of the men who died perished for protecting their wives. Ah. Yeah, hmm. so that was that was another thing. Um, and I forgot to mention, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, on that Tuesday that he said he needed everybody to play jazz music, they complied. Like, of course they right. complied. Um, people would, would file into these giant dance halls and there would be a jazz band and one they thought safety in numbers and two this man is off his goddamn rocker if he thinks everybody in new orleans has the money to hire a personal jazz jazz band and two like i don't i would not believe there's probably that many jazz bands to hire no i mean i know it's new orleans and they have a lot of jazz but no one has that much jazz right like that yeah huh yeah, and I mean, okay, so this is so gonna he was, sound... Wait, so he was never, like, nobody ever heard from him again? Mm-mm. Not after that night where he made them all play jazz and people complied. It was just one and done, over with, and never heard from again. Um, and I will say that, like, I've read so many books and, like, seen so many things that take place in New Orleans, and they do capitalize on the Axeman murders because they're one of the most grisly think... serial killers never caught. Yeah. And... I just gotta say, like, that night was probably, like, a visceral. Like, walking through the streets and, like, hearing different jazz bands all over the place with, like, lights pouring out of these houses because, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to make it as visible as possible. And it's just, like, I don't want to say it's a beautiful sight, but... Fuck. I I just picture him, like, walking through, like, a neighborhood, like... Mm-hmm. Like here in right? music, but like with his suitcase and like his his hat and just... and I know he like took axes from the, people's houses, but I picture him like dragging an axe. Oh too. yeah, yeah, I could see that. Interesting, <laughs> but I'm also just picturing like the axe man from American Horror Story as well. So same. That's the only <laughs> thing in my brain right now. That and Kai Parker from the Vampire Diaries, which I know you never watched, but mm-hmm. man's got axe skills. Oh. Hold on, my mom's calling me. I'm going to decline it. Um, 
That makes me sound like such an asshole. So perhaps the most plausible theory was about a man named Joseph Momfrey, who people believed were the Axeman for a very long time. Not much was written about him, but crime enthusiast Colin Wilson was convinced that he was the Axeman. The last victim, Mike Pepitone, was survived by his wife, who later killed Joseph Momfrey in Los Angeles with the fire of a gun. Ultimately, the theory is regarded as urban legend, though. So she might have not done that. Yeah, there's not much, um, like, plausibility behind it, because uh, Los Angeles is very far away from right, New Orleans, right, right. and, you know, a lot of people, I think, just wanted to believe it, because one, the dude would be dead, and two, um, it, I mean, like, it just gives her some, some vengeance Something, as well. yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's stated as the most plausible theory of what happened, but it's still, there's nothing. There's no evidence backing it up to even say that Joseph Momfrey was, was a real person. Yeah. yeah so. There was a guy in uh, New Orleans at the time who had kind of a similar name, but it was not dead on. So, you know, I, I totally, I don't endorse that one. And, like, the nieces that said that they gave a description, like, nothing came from that. Mm-mm, not a thing. That's wild. Yeah. So, the Axeman has been portrayed in multiple sources of media and is regarded as one of the famous staples of New Orleans and the world, widely because of his outlandish request for every citizen in the city to play jazz music in order to spare them. Most famously, he had a large role in the third season of American Horror Story Coven, mm-hmm. where he was portrayed by Danny Houston, who did a fantastic job, by the right. way. Yeah. So, um, in 1919, while the crimes were taking place, a song was also written by composer Joseph John Davila, titled The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz. The tune can be found on YouTube and is one sheet of music that is often associated with the crimes. Oh, chill. It's it's oddly upbeat. I did huh. listen to it, and it's, it's weirdly upbeat, um, but... A lot of people played it on the night that he was roaming the city. So, you know, if you ever want to be spooked, I totally recommend looking up that that like oh, composition. That's so like bone chilling. Yeah, it is it's pretty spooky. And then this one is my personal favorite, aside from American Horror Story. There's also a song written by kind of an indie band called the One Ton Project, with less than a thousand listens on it, which is like astonishing to me it's called death jazz and it actually is about the killings and i will link it um in the description because it i'm I'm very into music and this one got me it's very uh early 2000s punk so so i dig it yeah yeah i'll I'll, I'll send you the link it's pretty good yeah Yeah, and that is the story of the axeman of new orleans who has never been caught and uh doesn't know how to finish a job Sorry, that was rude. <laughs> but if like, come on. if you're listening, if you're listening from your ethers of hell, get it together. Yeah, you mortal. You mortal. You esteemed mortal. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, that was interesting though. Like, I knew the basis of the story, but not necessarily like all the details. Like, I didn't know anything about the victims or anything. I just knew what he did, and I knew about the whole like him requesting everybody play jazz. Yeah, I mean, like, New Orleans is my favorite city in the world. My favorite city. I've obviously never been anywhere 
except for a couple different places. So I don't know. I feel like I'd like Amsterdam, but you know what? <laughs> New Orleans, man, like it just. It, the, just the magic and like the warmth of it and like i i think if i ever got the chance to go i definitely wouldn't be into like the party party scene of it i'd be like let's go to the witchy spots let's that's what do i'm it. excited for is like to check out the witchy spots dude are you gonna check out uh i'm gonna butcher her name and i love her so much madame laveau's grave so i'm going for a bachelorette party <laughs> Ooh, you know so- honestly so, so it's not my choice what we do. Fair, fair, um, fair. But I'm down to just explore. Bring some chalk with you, just in yeah. case. Some red chalk. But yeah, that was an interesting story. Yeah, totally recommend uh, if you watch any season of American Horror Story, make it come. It's a great one. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to to like go into the backstory of any other season if you just want some witchy tomfoolery. So if you want some witchy historical ish stuff yeah coven coven yeah and i was i mean as soon as i started reaching it uh researching this i was very very um tempted to do the cecil hotel instead but i did not i've i've always thought about doing the cecil hotel right but there's you know what thanks for listening everybody (laughs) (laughs) oh i also before we go i wanted to say Jesus, I am so sorry. The movie I mentioned last time with uh, Zoe Deschanel was called The Happening, not The Whispers. Wait. That was Zoe Deschanel? Yeah. Yo, I lived that movie. I remember when it came out on pay-per-view and I watched it so many times. And you still didn't correct me when I got it wrong? (laughs) Because I just didn't i don't know because i knew exactly what movie you were talking about yeah i did too i don't know why i thought it was the whispers but i did and then my brain was like oh it's the fog but the fog is completely different because one when you said mark Wahlberg and like we're talking about the movie i was like okay i like i know i can picture the movie you're talking about and everything so i was like yeah i know what you're talking about but now that i'm thinking about everything it's like click 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 oh (laughs) <laughs> right? I, I got a, a text from my best friend that was like, you've done fucked up. And I was <laughs> like, you're correct. I did, actually. So, yeah, um, that is that is all for this episode. If you guys want to follow us, we do have an Instagram called uh, C2GPod. We also have an email that you can send us some suggestions or spooky stories you want us to talk about. And that is submissions at gmail.com. Is there anything you would like to add, esteemed mortal? Mm. <laughs> Don't call me that. Uh, <laughs> and give us podcasts. Uh, a rating, a review, you know, tell us how you're liking it. You didn't do the thing with your hands this time. Oh, finger, well, finger guns. It. Tell, <laughs> tell us how, because I usually do the finger guns at the part you say. That, you're right, you say. you're right. I switched it up on you this time, and I, I said the part. I think she just doesn't like my finger guns. They make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs>